Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Revival Cry. This is me, Eric Miller, and I am thrilled to be talking to you right now from the Philippines. That's right. We made it back here on the end of November, and the Lord opened up the doors. Restrictions were lifted, and by faith, the Lord provided all of our needs and tickets to come back here, and we are so grateful to all of our partners and churches and friends that have stood with us all these last three years. It's been an amazing time. It's been a time where we've matured in the Lord and we've watched him open up so many doors. This podcast, Revival Cry, was started just a little under a year and a half ago. And amazingly, we've had over 28,000 downloads And it's been downloaded, I believe, in like 120 nations. And it's not even something I was looking for to do. But yet, God knows how to guide us and bring us to a place of serving Him so that we could be a voice in the darkness, a voice of encouragement and of hope. And we want to be a voice that awakens those voices that are wandering in the wilderness, that people would be stirred to know that as they hear our voice, that they would ultimately hear the Lord speaking to them and wanting to make them into a voice that he uses as a cry in the wilderness. You know, something amazing has happened since we've been here. We have an opportunity now to be on a local radio program called Mango Radio here in Davao City on the island of Mindanao where we live. And a we're looking into reaching not only the people in our city, but in the southernmost region of the Philippines on our island, we have a potential of reaching 5.9 million people. And I'll be doing two shows a week. The first show will be Thursday night from 6.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. And the second show every week will be Saturday morning from 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. And this is going to reach the people right within our vicinity. Not only will they hear us, but we're going to be able to announce about Fire School and invite people to come when we start up this next year again. We're going to tell people about conferences when we have special speakers and visitors from around the world coming to share the gospel. And I'll be doing interviews with local Filipino leaders and missionaries, and of course, all of our friends in the U.S., Japan, Italy, other places that we've been to where God has opened the doors. We need partners. If I had five people giving $50 a month, all we need is $250 a month to help us in this new radio endeavor. And again, 
we're going to reach a crowd of people that will be able to actually minister to in a more personal basis as we build uh, camaraderie with people over the radio waves and through our podcast. We'll continue to do that. And if God would speak to you about partnering with us in some way, for one year, all we need is $3,000 to be on the radio. I'm actually going to be building a small studio in my already present office at Fire School of Ministry Philippines. If you would like to help in any way, I would ask you to please visit our website, www.revivalcry.org. That's revivalcry.org slash giving. And you can help us by giving securely online so that we can spread the gospel here in the Philippines and around the world through radio and podcasting. I would ask that if you give, please mark your gift as Eric Miller Media so that we can partner with you to reach the Philippines and the nations by prophetically declaring the wonders of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, I have a word on my heart today. It's called the Great Exchange. And if any of you have been paying attention to the news recently, you know that the the story of Brittany Griner, the famous WNBA player, she's super tall. She can dunk the basketball, which a lot of women, uh, even in the WNBA, cannot do that. So she was kind of a big deal, an all-star. And... She went to Russia, I'm assuming for basketball of some sort, I I don't really know. And while she was there, she had carried some hashish oil, which is cannabis. And she had some cartridges with her, and I guess it was in her luggage. And it was found out by the Russian authorities, and she was arrested. It's against the law to bring that into Russia or out from it, or wherever direction she was going. And she was arrested, and I believe it was around like March, or I'm sorry, February 17th of 2022. And, you know, it, I don't know if it was harsh or, or what the issue was, but with the war in the Ukraine and Russia having a lot of enemies right now around the world, I think they probably wanted to make a spectacle of it. And... She did break their law. So, in short, we know that on December 8th, the uh, President Biden and the U.S. uh, government worked out a deal with the Russian government that if they would exchange for us with uh, giving us back Brittany Griner, that we would give them uh, somebody named Victor Bout, who was actually a known terrorist. And a lot of people politically are very upset about it because they felt like it was a terrible deal. This guy is evil, wicked, and we're giving it up for somebody who broke the law anyhow. And listen, no matter where you stand on this politically, you know, and, and there's a, a Marine that is still you know stuck in prison over there, and people are thinking, why don't we get the Marine? Look, again, wherever you're at on this politically, the fact of the matter is is that one life was exchanged for another. And it really made me think about what Jesus has done for you and me. Because Jesus gave his life 
for the, for the worst of all sinners. You know, Paul even re referred to himself as the worst of all sinners. And Jesus gave his life for terrorists, for religious people. He gave his life for Hindus, for Buddhists, for Muslims. He gave his life for, you know, everybody in the world, homosexuals. He gave his life for people who are hypocritical. Friend, he gave his life for the worst of the worst. In fact, we know that in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, knowing that Jesus gave his life in exchange for our lives is pretty spectacular. In Luke chapter 23, I'm going to just start reading from the beginning in verse 1. It says, The whole multitude of them arose, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and led Jesus to Pilate. And he's already been arrested. Jesus has been arrested. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation, forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, which is not true, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And then Pilate asked and said, Are you the king of the Jews to Jesus? And Jesus said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. And so when Pilate heard that Jesus was from Galilee, he sent him back to Herod and that jurisdiction to deal with this situation because he didn't want to deal with it. And Pilate was not a good guy. Neither one of these guys were good. I mean, Pilate had multitudes of people crucified. He was a wicked man. You know, Herod was wicked. And the history of that family, all the newborns, uh, you know, when Jesus was born, were killed uh, by Herod Antipas. And, and, and it was just, th these people have nothing good about them politically. And yet Jesus is basically just answering their questions honestly and being completely at peace the whole, whole time despite being taken advantage of. And as soon as... As, you know, he went to Herod's jurisdiction. In verse 8, it says, When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by Jesus. You know, Jesus, work some miracle for me. I want to, I've heard about all these things, right? He could care less about the situation of what the Jews were accusing Jesus, and everybody just wanted to use Jesus for their own purposes, and he questioned him many words. Jesus answered him nothing. The chief priests and the scribes stood and accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt. They mocked Jesus, arrayed him with a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been in enmity, they had been against each other. But now they become friends because they have this common issue with this Jew who's calling himself to be the Messiah and, and calling himself to be God and saying that he can forgive sins and nobody wants to touch him because they just want to keep the peace with the Jews. They don't want things to be stirred up. And then Pilate, in verse 13, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, he said to them, you brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. Indeed, having examined him in your presence, I found no fault 
in this man concerning those of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. This is what Pilate is saying. I therefore will chastise him, I'll beat him, I'll torture him for you, and release him. And it was necessary because it was to release one prisoner to the Jews of who they wanted because it was the feast. And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. So the people were asking, these Jewish leaders were stirring up the crowd, and, you know, everybody is saying, you know, give us Barabbas. Give us this rebellious murderer, and you can have Jesus. Jesus' life was exchanged for wicked people like you and me. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release, release Jesus, again called out to them, but they shouted all the more, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Then he said to them a third time, What evil has he done? He didn't want to give him up. And, you know, in other stories in the Gospels and the other Gospels that share about this story, it even talks about how Pilate's wife had a dream in the middle of the night and had a bad sense that they shouldn't do anything and with this man Jesus. And yet, through the pressure, the political, uh, you know, favor that he wanted to continue to have with the Jews and, and the Roman authority that he carried. He ends up saying, I'll chastise and let him go. But the Jews were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voice of the men and the chief priests prevailed. Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested, which is not really good leadership. You don't just go with what everybody else says. But when you're afraid and you want to keep peace for yourself and you could care less if it's at the expense of other people's peace and blessing and provision, then you might just do what you have to do. And they requested Barabbas and he gave him Barabbas, a murderer. Jesus, the son of God, the sinless man who never said, did, thought, anything wrong, never broke the, any of the commandments of the law, was given in exchange for a rebellious murderer. And listen, whether you physically murder people or not, whether you have physically committed adultery or not, listen, friend, we've all done it in our mind. We've all hated somebody. We've all lusted. We've all had different issues of lying, cheating, stealing. There's all kinds of sin that we have broken. And Paul says, I didn't know what sin was except by the law. That's what it is. Sin is breaking the commandment of God. Sin is doing, as Steve Hill used to say all the time, is doing what Jesus would never do. And so this perfect man is given in exchange for sinful people. You know, that just really blesses me that God would love me and you so much that he would give his life for people, even though he didn't deserve that type of torture. Nails in his hands and his feet, a crown of thorns on his head. They pulled out his beard. They whipped him. They beat him. He, had, he was bleeding. He was marred beyond description, beyond recognition. And look, friend, I don't know about you, but maybe you failed God. 
You know, maybe you've done things that you're ashamed of. Maybe you cannot see how anything good can come out of your past. I want you to know that Jesus was exchanged for you. By laying his life down for you and me, he did what we could not do for ourselves. We can never erase our past. We can never erase our sin, the things that we've done wrong, the commandments that we've broken. But Jesus gave his life in exchange for you and me so that we could be forgiven and restored to the Father. In John 15, 13, Jesus, the greatest example the world has ever seen, said, greater love has none than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. It's interesting because at the end of Luke 23 here, at verse 26, after Jesus was, you know, the sentence was cast upon him to be crucified. Now he takes the cross and he's going down the Via Della Rosa. And it says in verse 26, that as they led him away, they laid home, the Romans laid home, laid hold of a certain man, Simon the Cyrene, Cyrenian, who was coming from the country and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. So here's Jesus carrying your cross and my cross. And as he's going, someone picks up his cross. Now we know he eventually is crucified on the cross, dies and rises again and announces, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But there's two things that are so powerful here. One is we got to know that Jesus gave his life for you and me in exchange so that we could be forgiven. And the other side of it is that Jesus asks us to carry his cross, just like Simon of Cyrene, that we are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. No, we're not going to pay the same price that Jesus paid. Our death isn't required for the salvation of others. But Jesus did say that when we deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him, that that's what it costs to be his disciple. And if we want souls to know the Lord, not just tell them, you know, and, and, you know, out of our mouths what it is that we believe theologically and doctrinally and, you know, just talk about the blessing and the provision of the Lord, but by laying our life down for others, serving others is the greatest example that we can give to show that we've been crucified with Christ and one spirit with him. Listen, if you've experienced this great exchange with Jesus, it's time for you and I to also appreciate what he's done and lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. This great exchange is not only for our benefit. Jesus now expects you and I to love others as he loved us, and I want you to be amazed by the grace of God today. You know, we can never repay the Lord for what he's done for us. But what we can do is honor the Lord what he's done by exchanging our lives to serve others. Listen, John 13, 35. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Friend, there's a great exchange. I think you and I probably wouldn't always exchange our lives for people that we didn't like or, or maybe they didn't fit the being worthy of us giving our life. For. But Jesus held nothing back. 
Literally, he gave his life for Hitler. Jesus gave his life for some of the most wicked, evil people in history. And yet, it depends on us if we would choose to repent, put our faith in him, and then follow him by taking up our own cross and serving the world the grace of God. Listen, I want to encourage you today that you're loved by God. Maybe you're listening to this message and you're like, you know, Eric, I've been, I've, I've had a, made a mess of my life. I'm a failure. I'm full of shame. I feel like a slave to sin. Friend, I want you to know that you're the one that Jesus came for. He loves you. He's not willing that you should perish, but that you would come to repentance. That you would know how much he cares about you. That you would walk in divine freedom today. Listen, I want to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so grateful that you exchange your life for ours. This entire Christmas season is not just about a baby who came into the world, but a baby who grew up as a man and gave his life for the world because you loved us. Jesus, thank you for loving us so much. And I pray everybody listening to me in the sound of my voice would know that you gave everything for them and that you and I should give everything for Jesus. Father, I pray that we would serve the world, the precious Lamb of God, the one who means everything to us and the reason why we do what we do and how we live our lives. In Jesus' name. Listen, friend, we love you. And I want to encourage you to cry out to God. Pour out your heart to Him like water. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you today, would you mind sharing it? Would you mind subscribing? Every week we put up new content. And no matter where you are in the world, you could listen to our past podcasts as well. We also have a YouTube channel. Some of you may be watching this message right now. And it's the same message. We just have it by video. And I would encourage you to check it out. It's also called Revival Cry. And you can subscribe and share it with your friends as well. Thank you so much for listening today. We love you. We're praying for you. I pray that you would have a joyful, merry, merry Christmas. And that you would see the grace of God upon your life and in your family and that even your family members would come to know the Lord. As you go to spend time with your family this week, listen, my friend, share with them, Jesus. Maybe they don't listen to what you have to say, but they can't help when you serve them and you show them the love of the Father. Listen, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We look forward to listening again with you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.